You're listening to the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. No nonsense, just a crazy mix of life, business, the funny, and of course we're going to talk about your money. But just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. What could go wrong? Welcome to another episode of the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. I am pretty excited to be treading some new ground topically and also with an old friend of mine, James Schleicher. What's going on, buddy? Thanks for joining me for the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this. Very excited. It's it's a long time coming, so that's always a good thing. I always like to get the hardest part of every episode out of the way up front, so that way, by the end of it, things are rolling really smoothly. So the hard-hitting questions that I know I sent to you, let's dive into those and make sure you can tackle them, all right? Yep. First and foremost, really critical. What is the number one place that you've always wanted to go visit, but you have not yet visited? I am probably the lamest person to ever ask these types of questions to. Um, but the, uh, you know, I did, we didn't travel growing up. So like I, if not for my wife, you know, she got family in Texas. We go there a lot, but obviously with business and work, we travel everywhere. So um, left to my own devices, I probably just have, would have never left Northeast Ohio. Um, but right now, the place I want to go most is Super Nintendo World. Um, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and uh, my son JJ is the oldest. So he's been my youngest brother. Like he saw him playing Zelda, and then has been obsessed with Zelda. So just kind of uh, right now, our world kind of revolves around Zelda and like uh, Mario, like the Mario movie. They love the Mario movie and stuff. So yeah, my world really revolves around home and my family. So like right now, like if you're the place I can't wait to go, is Super Nintendo World. That that's that's where is that. To my understanding, they're building in two years. They're building one in Florida. Um, I believe there's one in California already. Um, and then I know there's some other. Look, we've, we've been watching it on YouTube, so I know it exists. Um, but uh, I, my wife Erica wants to take the kids to do the Disney thing uh, next year. So I might we might have to uh, have a, a little uh, family conversation of do we wait two years so we can hit uh, Super Nintendo World at the same time? But um, if, if they're there, I'm I'm happy. So, but yeah, I, I'm pretty pretty amped for that. <laughs> So that's super cool because it might actually be giving me an idea. So with with my daughter, we we brought the Nintendo sixty four back out, and of all so like good. the gaming systems, she just so loves some of these games. Like so, we'll we'll yeah. rock that. You know, even as a family or all that other stuff, it's just kind of like you know that was such a, a seminal part of my life growing up, and then now having it be yeah. almost the same dynamic with uh, with yeah. with with the kids. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. All right. Yeah. Well, good, it, good my wife, what my wife is yelling at us that we are, we've been playing too long. We're playing too many video. Like it's, I like selfishly in like, in my glory, like, Oh no, we have to play Zelda. Oh no, we have to play Mario Kart. You know, kind of thing. So like, uh, it's been cool. what's your, what's your, uh, daughter's like favorite games on the 64. So the one that she and I like to play the most is perfect dark, which was like that next level of, of mm. bond golden eye. Yeah. So we love that. And then my wife's one of my wife's favorites, uh, is this game called road rash where you're like riding around on motorcycles and like hitting each other with bats dude the best <laughs> game dude we had that we didn't have it for 64 we had it for sega genesis the 16th yep the, the, i shared the soundtrack in my head right now man yep. yeah me too no and, <laughs> okay. and we have we also have the sega but we like the road rash on the on uh, the 64 better than the sega version but it's man it's just fun oh, yeah, well, it's <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and all the old school, just gaming consoles sitting around where we got rid of our, you know, whatever version of a PlayStation I had and all this other stuff. And we just got 
you know, stuff that's been around for tried and true, you know, decades. Yeah. Well, I, and obviously every game system has some obviously more adult oriented games, but like, I feel like Nintendo, I've just been so impressed with how family oriented their platform is. Um, so that's been, it's been cool for sure. Love this. Well, this is a lot more than we've ever di- uh, typed into. So definitely not a lame answer at all. all right, Next cool. one though. <laughs> if you could be a superhero, what one superpower would you want to have? So remember I said lamest person to ask this question to what superhero do I want to be? The one with no superpowers, Batman, right? Bat- I've been Batman's been my guy, you know. Uh so because he didn't have any superpowers, so I always found, you know, I always found it way more satisfying when Batman would beat the 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 villain because he's he just has to use his mind and he has to use his his beat up body and okay, he's got a bajillion dollars, but you know, that helps. But you know, really kind of thinking about it, like the ability to read minds, I think that would be, I would love that superpower just because I feel like I spend so much of my day at home, at work, just you're always trying to like make everything better around you as best you can and help the, you know, like I wanna, like that's, I, my friends and family, like James are very coachy. You know, you're very motivated, you're this like cheesy motivational guy. Um, so, that's just natural for me. It's always like, like, how can I get through to this person? Right? Like, how can I help this person take that next step in life or business or whatever? Um, so it'd be way easier if I could just read their mind and be like, oh, they're thinking this. So I'll go down this path. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Nice. I like that. And I will actually respond and plug a book series, which you may have read or at least seen the movie. It's a The Chaos Walking series by Patrick Ness. Um, and I'm getting through the third of these three books. The scenario that he describes is exactly what you talked about, where it's some dystopian future where mankind has landed on a planet where they can, you can hear people's thoughts. They call it the noise. I think it would be interesting. And, you know, in reading the books, I've been fascinated yeah. by it. The movie, not so much, of course, because, you know, they're never as good. But um, yeah. It was it was just one of these things where I was like, you know, yeah, that would be cool. And then they create this entire scenario where it's like maybe it wouldn't be as cool as we think. Yeah. Not to well, not to ruin the the, the story too no, much, man, but anyway. This is uh <laughs> and you just so you're sparking something in, in my mind here too, is it is that's kind of what social media is, right? Is the noise, right? It's social media there you go. is kind of like, well, you don't there's a lot of minds you don't want to be reading, and there's a lot of opinions you don't want to be hearing, you know. So, yeah, so maybe I want to re- retract my my superpower request. Uh, like you know, so but it is interesting, yeah, man. If obviously there our minds never stop, and, and so much of it's negative naturally just to keep us alive as humans, but all right, I should have thought this through a little more. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I think it's still, I mean, I still think it, there's value because again, everything, look, everything, like you said, whatever it is, even if it was a superpower or a tool like social media. Tools are only as good as they are in the hands of the person using them, right? So, Love you know, it. a tool is just a tool. It's neither positive nor negative. We're the ones that imprint it yeah. and use it to build houses or to tear down barriers or what have you. So I, I, I think it's I great because, you know, you and I are kindred spirits in that with that kind of empathy, like the Ted Lasso, yes. you know, type yes. of personality <laughs> where we... We absolutely want people to be the best versions of themselves. So I yep. love that. That's, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yep. And I'm a, I'm a huge Batman fan myself. So that's great. Awesome. If you could have dinner with someone famous, and this can be somebody alive or dead, anybody in the in the in the realm of human history, who would you want to share a meal with? Um, this is again another thing that I'm not. You know, if you ask me, like, hey, who was in that movie or who's that art? Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't pay attention to more famous people type stuff but martin luther king jr man like he uh i read his book i have a dream in college and obviously just everything that he had gone through and just like the, i mean he, he changed the world right he like and and he, he started that and 
but the concept of civil disobedience. So again, like surprise, surprise, I, I, civil disobe- disobedience is like, that's like a real, real world vigilante Batman style person out there where it's like, you're doing good in a way, it's like, it, it has to be done, right? Like, like things have to change, but you know, be, doing it in a way that it creates more peace instead of more chaos kind of thing. So um, I think that it just, it'd be, I would be fascinated as to kind of, you know, hearing about what he had been through, but more importantly, getting his feedback on where the world is today. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's so much insight that he could just pretty much um, give us and, and and make sense of a lot of things. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, and it's also interesting, right? Some of the, I think the people, at least I feel this way, looking back on someone like a Martin Luther King Jr. or, or a lot of, you know, significant uh, people across the thread of history, the ones that stand out to me the most that did change the world. I think it seems like probably as people weren't necessarily trying to change the world the way that they did, right? That wasn't, it wasn't right. in their heart to go out and be like, I'm going to be this big person on the stage of human history. Like their hearts were humble and and they yes. just focused on that little taking that little next step to make somebody's life better and it just you know it was the accumulation of millions of little positive things that you know is why they stand out the most yeah. of course there are others that have changed the, the the landscape of human history for all the wrong reasons and it's just very interesting yes. you know but i love that great answer man great answers awesome. all right last last of the uh, of the hardest hitting four besides this podcast of course always everybody's top listen what other podcasts have you listened to that you would want to recommend to someone? Oh, there, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff that, you know, I get very bored very easily. So I like, like to bounce around and stuff, but one, you know, kind of like, you know, there, there's certain, and you're one of them, man, where it's just kind of like, it's like, where have you been my whole life? Like you're that voice in my head that is, you're validating that James Schleicher has been, I've been on onto something this whole time, right? Like you need that voice that like says, yeah, you're right. You know? So um, or you need that voice as you are very wrong, you know, all at the same time. So, but uh, Jocko Willick, like the, the Jocko podcast. Um, and then two, like we started the Dad Poet Society is like a little video series on our YouTube or, you know, I just, I've been very obsessed about trying to, you know, being a dad, like how on earth do I be the best dad possible? Right. So just kind of, he also, you know, he inspires me too, because like, he's like this Navy SEAL leader, military, but he's got you look at him and you're like, this guy doesn't mess around. He probably doesn't have a soft skill in his, in his body. Right. He doesn't like this, you know, he probably just leads by, you know, by just by force type thing. But like you talk about empathy, emotional intelligence. I think Jocko's probably gotten the most out of anybody I've ever really paid attention to. And um, he has called the warrior kid podcast, which has been really cool. It is it's very much focused on like empowering children and, and um, so I just, I, I'm very much drawn to him because I don't know how, when or why necessarily, but I have been obsessed with leadership. You know, I've been obsessed with like goals and, 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 and being, being a leader wherever you're at in life. But, and now with the dad thing, it's so just kind of like, I'm, I'm very much drawn to, to what he talks about and the dichotomy of leadership uh, that it was the second book that he had. Um, that was so refreshing and therapeutic for me because again, you read all these books in your business, in your career, in, in life, you have you people tell you like, hey, this is this is what you got to do in a leadership situation, right? Well, I always kind of felt like, well, you can't again going back to your combat, like it's the tool, right? Like it's the tool, and then you have to use it. Like you do, you can't just build a house the same way every single time because there's all these different factors depending on where you're building and, and all that and materials of that. So just kind of feel that he, he did he's done a great job of kind of calling um calling out people that are, you know. Not necessarily they're not trying to lead, but people that are just 
they're quoting the textbook and saying, this is how you do it. When in real life, there is no textbook for leadership. There is no textbook for life. There is no textbook for, you know, how to do things. There's guides, but it's like, you have to, you have to pay attention and do the right thing. And, and sometimes what would be the most common method of leadership is the absolute worst thing you can do. And I've done it so many times. I'm embarrassed, you know, to even think about it. But um, so I think that just being aware that there, every blessing is a curse and vice versa. I love it. I think that's also a pretty good prelude into then let's, let's dig into your story a little bit. You know, you wrote a book uh, called mm -hmm. it all starts with a plan. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but just, you know, the biggest thing that you and I wanted to connect on and kind of the focus for the conversation today is exactly what we're talking about leadership. So why don't you start by sharing, like maybe, you know, what, what is the most special part of your story and your journey uh, that stands out the most as it might relate to that, that you want the audience to be aware of? The most special part, or, you know, like there's so many things, but it's, it truly is like I, my parents um, taught me work hard, love others, press repeat, right? So just work your tail off, take care of people. Um, and so for me, you know, I was, I was Northeast Ohio, you know, outside of Cleveland, I had three younger brothers. So there's four of us within six years. I was homeschooled till seventh grade. So we had professor mom. So I think that's another thing is, is I'm very blessed that, you know, the, the core values that my mom and dad had, they were like very much embedded in us. Um, and that's overflowed into leadership and, and, and success outside of school and everything. But, you know, I ran cross country and track in college, but really the kind of the, the theme of my life has been every thing you can point back to like, man, he was really successful at that, or he was a leader in that it was all on accident, you know, like cross country and track. I was, you know, captain in high school and college and, and all that fun stuff. But it's, I was trying to lose weight in middle school because I was a fat kid, you know, so I was a fat kid trying to lose weight. And next thing I know I'm getting faster. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm breaking school records in high school, you know? And, and, and so it was all comes down to, I like being in a situation where as long as I can work harder and try to outsmart and outmaneuver and, and out, you know, just do, you know, it just sounds silly, but like do the right thing on a regular basis, you know, take care of people and, and, and think good things will happen. So like kind of doing the right thing on a consistent basis when no one's looking, um, I've, you know, I've, I've found a way, um, to succeed. And that's really what drew me to the business world was, you know, when I graduated college, I could not find a job. I had a double major in English and communication, double minor in psychology and writing. So not one business class. I thought business was for evil people. I thought, you know, I mean, I, I just like, I'm like, Oh, those evil corporations, like, Oh, I, I can never be that, you know? And, you know, here we are, but like, um, you know, so it's just, it's just been wild how um, the best thing that ever happened to me is usually things go wrong. They don't go my way. And that's kind of the, you know, it all starts with a plan. The irony of that is like the whole purpose of having a plan is 24 hours from now, your plan is going to blow up in your face because life's going to throw you a curveball you weren't expecting. And then, but at least when you have a plan, when you have goals that are much deeper than the surface level of, of, of just kind of what you're trying to accomplish in the short term, you know, you can get through things, but I didn't want to work my tail off in a career or a position where, you know, I basically sacrificed my personal life to get a promotion five, 10 years from now or, or whatever it might be. But the boss's cousins, uncles, nephews, niece graduated college. So since she's part of the family now, you know, she got that position and there I am, you know, just looking back on the last decade of my life, regretting it. So just that thought just pushed me so hard to get into business, not even having any experience, just knowing that, hey, if I build a business, that's great. Awesome. I deserve it. If I build a business that sucks, great. I deserve it. Right. So just, um, so that, that's just kind of, uh, I hope, I don't know if that 
you know, completely answer the question makes me special, but I, I feel like I, I find failure finds me and then I, I it takes a long time, but I find my way out of it. <laughs> no, but I, cause I, cause I love that. And I love the framework that you're describing. Cause I think there's a, a, a huge element to leadership, success and winning in life that is, you know, intersected with failure or just handling the things that are handed to you that aren't what you expected, you know, the bad cards, the bad hand, whatever, which is a common life experience. All of us go through those things, small things, big things, things that we might've been a party to, like we made mistakes and now we have to walk through that or things that were just, you know, unfortunate set of circumstances. Um, But it is, you know, that really inner belief system and the plan and the process of, okay, I'm going to be a person that when these things happen, not if, but when, finds a way to, you know, succeed, persevere, and become better as a result of them. And that's, you know, that's huge because unfortunately, we just see it all the time. Not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody necessarily tries to have a framework that uh, allows them the privilege of learning from life's worst, not just from life's best, right? Correct. Yep. It, 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 there, it, this helps it all too. Uh, one line that my one friend, um, Allie, told me beginning of this year, uh, she was she was going through a transition. And again, it was the right one, um, but it was very tough. And we were just kind of chatting. And she's like, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. But no, everybody tends to like leave out the part that the walk from the door that's closing through the hallway to the next door that's opening is hell, right? The walk mm-hmm. through the hallway is hell. So just kind of like, that is a great way to put it, you know, and that's where it, it's just, you gotta, should technically be enjoying the, the hell part. Right. But you know, like that, like, those are the things you look back on and you're so proud of yourself and you're so like, you find so much meaning in your journey, looking back when that journey was, you know, the more difficult it was, the more proud you are. Right. But while it's happening, it, <laughs> you're wishing for anything else. Right. So you're right. We, we talk about, right, like the exercise example a lot, because I think it's, it's you know, kind of easy to think this way. You know, you don't get stronger without lifting weights or exercising mm-hmm. in a manner that provokes your body to respond and become stronger. Like you can't, we all understand, yeah. you can't just sit on the couch and, you know, find your, you know, just find your way to a six pack or whatever that is that we're trying yeah. to do, right? Health and strength. And, and and a better body dynamic for living involves an intentional process of, you know, breaking things down so that your muscles can recover and do all that other stuff. And so while a lot of people can seemingly be connected to that from a fitness standpoint, it's amazing how that same logic, it's harder to apply when it comes to other things in life, because I think for a lot of reasons, you know, sometimes it just, there's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of shame. And I think that there's also a lot of, uh, you know, we hold on to things that, that, kind of keep us comfortable and we try to avoid, (laughs) you know, the challenge of change. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And um, it's the timing of this recording is really good too, because I want us to, to, to pivot a little bit. You and I met through a a professional industry association. We're both members of the, uh, the million dollar round table. Um, And I wanted to just, touch on that and really touch on kind of the benefit of organizations that that bring people together. So what about just being a member of MDRT has been the most meaningful to you? Like what, what, you know, cause I know we've, we've gotten the chance to really get to know each other, even, oh, yeah. even not just in person, but virtually. So 
I love my my MDRT and my my association families and my tribes and all this stuff. But what's yeah. been what's been great for you about that experience? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, you know, MDRT like when I first started in business, like it was, it was just something that seemed so far off, right? It just, it seemed like, especially with no experience, no connections, no network. Like I just, I'm like, all right, when I'm, you know, I started, I think I was 23, maybe 24 ish. Like, uh, but in my mind, I was like, I will get going back. I'll work my tail off and I'll get there when I'm 50 or I'll get there when I'm 60. I mean, like in my mind, it was kind of like, it was something to strive for obviously, but that wouldn't actually happen until I was kind of on my way out of, you know, and, and, um, you know, I was, it was seven years, six or seven years into business when I qualified the first time. And it, for me, and this is something that now it's like our, our team, you know, that that's the goal. That's the minimum we're trying to do is like, not, you're not a bad person if you don't hit MDRT. It's just, it's, it's not about what you're doing. Back to our comment about, you know, who you become, right? Who you become when you're pushing yourself and when you're, you're, you're overcoming your fears, um, to achieve something you never achieved and something you've made, you probably don't even really, you don't really believe you can do it. And then you do it and it's like, okay, well now this is, this is who I am. So it's, it's not about the what, right? It's not about hitting MDRT. It's about the identity shift of who you become, right? You know, so that for me, it was like how I saw the world change, you know? And that's where I'm like, like, are you serious right now? Like, this is, this is awesome. And it's something where it's, you just never want to go back, right? You never want, you never want to not have that experience. And every time we go to the, you know, the, the conferences are fantastic. Like everybody's so kind and everybody's so helpful. And that's what I would tell everybody, you know, that can get to it or is going. And I try to tell the team, like, listen, you're going to walk away from MDRT with one idea and you're going to come back and that it's going to change your life. It's going to change, you know, everyone or you know, your family's life, your community, your clients. Like it, it just, it's just so wild. Like if you don't know what it's going to be every year, but you do come back, you know, my to-do list, my team makes fun of me. I come back from MDRT, my to-do list. I think I had 48 things I wanted to implement last time. Um, and uh, I'm like, well, all right, well, let me at least try to narrow it down to one here to see what happens. But, um, but yeah, and I, I, my mentor, going back to your comment about fear and i'm sorry to like kind of keep rambling on here but i think that this is, is again whether someone is able to qualify for mdrt or be a part of mdrt or if someone listening to this you know it, there's something in your life that people around you who love you are saying you can do this right like you can achieve x whatever that x is and for me my knee-jerk coping mechanism was the phrase i'll try so for a good four, maybe five years, I had mentors and people who cared about me saying, James, you can, this MDRT thing, like you can do this. And inside, again, to talk about like, it's, you know, imposter syndrome and identity crisis of like, no, that's not me, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't come from a business background. I, I can't do this. So, but I can't say it out loud. Right. Cause that's, you know, nobody admits that they're scared. Um, but the, uh, you know, so really it's just when I was saying, I'll try, I was really saying, I'm afraid I'm scared. And you know, this is four or five years into my one buddy trying to get me over the, it really, it's just over the mental hurdle. Um, it, and we're, you know, I always have a lot of love for Scottsdale, Arizona. That was where our work trip was. And, you know, I took the last flight out to spend some time with him and just kind of chat. And, you know, I did my, I did what I did all the time when he's talking about MDRT. I said, I'll try. And he busted out Yoda on me. So when in doubt, bust out Yoda, but he's like, we do or do not, there is no try. And in that moment, like, I remember that exact moment. I'm like, Okay. Like it just, it changed everything. So again, I, I was sitting in that, his hotel room in Scottsdale, Arizona, waiting for a flight. Not, like I didn't get a, a sweet lead or referral or like my business, nothing really, nothing changed other than my men, my mindset and that mental shift in my identity is like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how. I, and that's where like anybody listening, like you'll figure out the how, right? 
just you got to believe in, and it, it, sound, it sounds so cheesy and here I go in cheesy coach mode, right? But it's like, just decide, make the decision. This is, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. It's going to hurt. People are going to laugh at me. People are going to make fun of me. People are going to say I'm crazy, you know, for chasing this, but guess what? You know, this, this is what you want. If this is what drives you, this is what's going to make you the best version of yourself. Then, you know, find, find the Brian Haney's of the world that are, you know I mean? That are, are like, maybe you're onto something. Maybe, and maybe and they're the people that are going to help you get to where you need to be. Um, Cause even, I mean, my, when I told my grandma, I was living in her basement uh, when I started my business. I told her I was going to business. She cried. She started crying <laughs> when I told her what I was going to do. She's like, why can't you use your degrees? Like, you know, no one's going to do business with you. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, this is not the motivation I, I was hoping to, to get. Or this is not the, this is not the pep talk that I had in mind when I was going to present this to you, grandma. Um, but you know, it's just out of love, right? Again, fear. She was afraid for me. She didn't want me to fail. Um, you know, she grew up picking cotton in Tennessee and, and, and moved up to Cleveland um, area. And, you know, she, she, she wanted, she just wanted a better life. You know, she wanted, and she's, a lot of my work ethic is, is directly from just watching her just zero excuses, go, 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 unstoppable, you know? So uh, love you, grandma. And thank you for uh, <laughs> being you, but oh my gosh, man, that was, it took, it took so much just to mentally overcome my own doubts to get into business. And then I'm all excited and that happens. So just where I'm going with all this is call, you know, call the Brian Haney's of your life and be like, Hey, I just talked to my grandma. She said, this is never going to work. I just talked to my wife. She's never going to work. My husband, you know, people you love are going to tell you not to go for it. Not because they don't want you to get it. Not because they don't want you to succeed, but it's, they are scared and they don't want you to get hurt. But if um, going back to my, my son, JJ playing Zelda, um, we just got, Tears of the Kingdom, which is amazing, but it was like this sequel to his Breath of the Wild game that he was playing. But there was new things and new areas that he like. He was just he. I was like, all right, JJ, we gotta go. We gotta go over here in this area. He's like, no, we're gonna die. We're gonna die, you know. And then so our kind of our slogan, our tagline, the last couple months has been, if you ain't dying, you ain't trying, you know. So just kind of like, please, no dying allowed. But like, just like that's kind of the that video game mindset of like, you gotta go where you where the most danger is and it's not you know our mind's going to tell us that like hey this is very dangerous you could die but i don't there's very few situations in your career world or or you know life that where your what your brain is telling you is true if that makes one how bad this could be so no sorry well, i'm getting all fired up i'm getting all i'm all ranty sorry <laughs> <laughs> well you know you touched on a lot of things and i want us to pull on this thread a little bit more and i think mm -hmm. you know especially what you were saying things that I know that we we share and agree on, right? You know, an organization like Million Dollar Roundtable, it really, like, finding your tribe is critical. Oh, yeah. I think, you oh, know, yeah. nobody, nobody is ever, in, in, in at least, this is what I, in looking at human history, we talked about great leaders. I don't think I've ever seen any person that's made a significant impact on the world by themselves. It's, it's always a team effort. They're always it's surrounded impossible. with other people. Yeah. So finding that tribe, that community that's mm -hmm. going to, you know, pour into you and give you the equipping, the encouragement and the support to be successful is huge. Um, and, you know, grateful that organizations like MDRT and others that, that, that people can be a part of exist. You know, there's a huge association community. Uh, and so whether, you know, MDRT may not be your fit, depending on what you're doing or what industry you're in, whatever it is. But finding that one that is and, and knowing and maybe hopefully maybe there's even more than one, right? Finding those places and seeking yeah. out those people is critical. And then, you know, I want to I just got back from uh, a conference with the American Society for Association Executives. So there's we're in America, right? There's an association for associations, of course. And of course. so <laughs> and there's and an association for that. <laughs> 
yeah there's you know so so there's just we we just got to layer it on but every year talking about you know tribes where i feel just empowered and and just you know get into this room full of amazing people and it just it's always so good one of the the, the headline speakers is a guy named chad foster he's blind he was not born blind he became blind throughout his life and he wrote a book called blind ambition and, and his whole you know keynote he was talking about so many of these things and uh one of the lines that i the first one that i grabbed even though uh it, it doesn't always land well when you say it, the one of the first thing he says is excuses are for losers it's like <laughs> i love that and he's getting into yeah. you know he starts yeah. out by saying you know what you were talking about right the difference between doing and not doing is belief right yeah, I, I you know we either believe that we are whatever narrative we've told ourselves or we're not, and therefore we don't behave unlike ourselves, right? If we believe we are successful, we can do extraordinary things, we can overcome X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, having the right kind of you know, belief system is critical. That's, that was the other thing that I, I found so powerful and just looking at, you know, reading all the leadership books, but looking back, really, like, what are, what are the, what is this common thread that I see for the most influential, amazing people in human history, especially those that come out of, you know, insane circumstances, right? Just, just, oh my gosh, life dealt them this crazy deck of cards. And if you lined up a hundred people that got that same deck of cards, you wouldn't know about the other 99. So what is it about this one person that did something so you know incredible and overcame all this stuff and changed the world that the other 99 that had received the same kind of life sentence couldn't do? And it's you know the biggest thing that I see is that belief system. They just believe that they could and they continue to yep. build on that belief system and create a better framework for their own success. And that's huge. And then, you know, he talked about, um, you know, being careful about the narratives that we tell, you know, so examining yes. ourselves for the self-limiting beliefs, but also what story do we mm -hmm. tell ourselves and what stories do we let yeah. other people, like, do we listen to, like you were already mentioning, yeah. you know, are the, are, are the stories that we want to latch onto the ones that are going to allow us to go as far as humanly possible, or are they going to be ones that prevent us? Um, and I just think that those are, those are some key things in that, you know, overall, this big story of, of leadership. Um, yeah. and, I, and I want to talk, let's, let's, let's kind of circle back then talk about, you know, leadership and the need to kind of have a plan, uh, and, and, you know, tie that into maybe you mentioned some things, but I'm sure there were a, you know, a seminal moment or two in your own professional journey where you really, mm -hmm. that, that need to crystallize for you in terms of, I really have to have a plan. Let's talk about that. What, what was something like that? Or maybe, you know, it could be more than one moment. Uh, and how was that so informative that, you know, it allowed you to go so far as to write a great book? Yeah. And I think so for me, um, you know, yeah, I was trying to narrow down, like my wife makes fun of me. She's like, you know, James, like every week you got this like groundbreaking, like, oh, I read this book or I met this person. And I thought I, you know, I listened to this podcast, like, you know, this is going to change everything. Right. So, you know, for me, again, the, the title of the book, it all starts with a plan. That is, that is an absolute tribute to my grandfather. He passed away. I was on about a year in my business, but you know, that was, he was the one, you know, basically came to me and said, James, you know, you're, you're coming out of college, you know, you're getting into the real world. You're going to have, there's bills, there's things like, just let me know when you're moving. They remodeled their basement, you know? So it's basically like their basement was an apartment. So like pretty much every single family member at one time has lived in my grandma's basement, you know? So it was kind of like your rite of passage, but you know, so like my mom, you know, my, my parents spoke amazing wonderful people. They still get along, but they were going through a divorce. Uh, I think it was my freshman year of college. And she, she, delivered papers for a long time, um, just something that she could do before, you know, 
me and my brothers were awake and then she would you know teach us or take care of us and all that um but then uh she ended up driving i remember like the newspaper like the, like we had like these big like box truck looking things and they put the newspaper the thing where you put the quarter in and pull it out of the paper box all that so my mom's like five foot two like my mom's tiny right you know she's like a little pit bull though you know so she's like your your logo like that's that is like the spirit animal of my mom. Like she, she, she will not back down, but like um, she tore all the ligaments in her hands doing that job. And basically just kind of the way things worked out was they pretty, no one really had her back when it came down to like, so she was kind of like, there she was going out on her own. And then she's, you know, running out of workers comp. And my cousin was, they were selling a daycare and basically my mom called every single bank and we'd get declined for, you know, a loan or declined for a credit card. And then she'd hang up, call back. And then, you know, every now and then they would approve her for something. And then she had been like a small business loan through like a private investor. But then my, but my grandparents uh, loaned her money, um, you know, basically, you know, borrowed money from their home to help her like buy this daycare and buy this business. And, um, you know, if I really take a look at leadership, and business in my life, like not really consciously, um, you know, but definitely subconsciously, I've just simply copy and pasted what my mom did with her business. And you know, you, with the family business, like you quickly learn, like, okay, well, any aspirations I had to work anywhere else, those are gone. <laughs> you're you're working minimum, 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 minimum wage, and you're gonna be here, you know, we're you know before six a.m. when we open, and you're staying past six p.m. when we close, and then guess what we're doing on the weekends? We are going back to the the, the building and we are painting and we are fixing, you know, we are unclogging toilets. I talked to my mom, you know, recently and, and I'm like, Hey, what you do? It was a Sunday night. Oh, you know, I'm driving back to the daycare. Uh, kid pooped in the urinals and, and some, the teacher couldn't get all the poop speckles out of there. So she's going to go straight poop off a of urinal. <laughs> like that's her, her Sunday night, you know? So just kind of, um, you know, when it comes to like leadership, you know, she's always, she always showed me that, Hey, you absolutely, you get in the trenches and you, you never are too good. You are never above um, doing anything you would ask anybody else to do. And then also, too, is you know, the way she was just always looking to help and love and like her her, her business, like they're not her employees, it's her family. Right? She always just saw it as a family. And, you know, so I, if I could tie, you know, really a seminal moment to my journey was really just getting going back to beliefs because it took a good five, six years for all the referrals and, and all of the connections I was making for other people. Like, I remember like I was getting people connected with all these people I was meeting in the community and, and, and you know, attorney account, like just here you go, here you go. And it's like, when is this going to come back to me? Right. And you have those, you have those moments over like, when is it my turn to get, to get her, like an introduction <laughs> to somebody? Um, but just seeing her connect people and make, to try and help them get ahead in life and try to help them have a better, you know, better chance in business and all that. Um, and just pouring her heart and soul into every single, every single moment. Um, with every single person, like, I feel like that is, you know, to me, you know, I, I'm very blessed because I, again, as many leadership books as I've read, I never really, I never really had to read them. I just had to live. I had to pretty much copy and paste what my mom did naturally. So, um, so I don't know, you know like that's, that's really, if, if I could tie it back to like one moment, it's really just having that foundation and just um, bring it over to to my business. Right, and I love that. So first of all, as a, as a former paper boy myself, I have a, a, a yeah. high kindred <laughs> connection to that experience. Yep. That was a, yep. certainly a, a formative part of my life from from when I was eight years old till I till I graduated from high school. Helped me fund a significant part of my college, um, mm -hmm. but also, you know, what you were talking about in terms of clearly, your mom had a belief in what she was not just 
doing something for necessarily the sake of doing it or having a business or financial reward. But, but it, it, you know, it sounds like the words behind the words are, you know, she, she was someone that really did care about the experience, the delivery, what, you know, yep. the, the business offered to the community, the people that were going to be a part of it and all the other stuff. And then like you're saying, you know, yeah. um, leading by example, just doing those things that aren't seen are never, you know, I'm sure th- there's a million hours she spent doing crazy things that nobody will ever know about. And that's the yep. point though, right? That's what yep. makes the difference of, you know, really being and believing that we are people that have that opportunity to have an impact and, and you don't always get recognized for all that kind of stuff. And like you were saying, um, you know, intentionality around the seeds that we plant, you know, I, I, I think we're probably, you know, both believers in the concept of, of, you know, reaping and sowing. You, you do reap what you sow. The only thing though, in yep. that, in that process that you get to control over is what are you sowing? What are you putting into the ground? What are you planting into the soil of your life and the lives of those around you that one day you want to have a harvest of, Yep. Right. I think a lot of times, you know, I look back over my life and there were times when, you know, I was really, really intentional and good about the things that I was trying to plant for all the right reasons and for all the right people, um, not just for myself. And that was always fruitful, whether it, you know, facilitated something immediately years down the road or or, or whether it never, you know, directly paid me back. Just the fact that I was trying to make sure that everybody else was, you know, improving in their lives. And there are also times when I'm can think of and look at and be like, man, the seeds that I was planting, I needed to pray for crop failure. I don't, <laughs> I don't want this, you know, this is not going to, when this oh, comes yes. back, this is not going to be when I want to be eating on, on the kitchen table. Right. You know, and, oh yeah, but that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's really important. Um, and yeah. I, and, I, and so I just, I, so go ahead. Finish. I was just, yeah. I, I love, I love that part of your journey. You know, these very, very practical, non-cliche, life examples, right? How living the right way is maybe the best thing that we can do, right? Yeah. And that's, and just kind of, when you're talking about there's some crops, you're like, oh, I should not have planted that, you know? Um, Cause I think that a lot of times in these leadership talks, these business talks, like it's, it's, you talk a lot of, you, I mean, you talk about like your own failure and all that, but like, it's um, when, and it, I see like, it's so easy to see outside looking in, right? But like, there's people, you know, that again, my mom's my superhero. Like she's my, she is, you know, always still to this day, she's never stopped loving and caring and planting those seeds. But, you know, she's gotten taken advantage of so much, like so much more than the average person, right? And like, it's easy to be like, you know what? I got taken advantage of for being a good person. I'm done, right? And, and that's, and that's, I've had to catch myself so many times and it's like you, you'd like to think that it will never happen again um but again you can't talk about reading minds I would, I would love to be able to read someone's mind like oh they're not genuine <laughs> they're not genuinely here you know for the right reasons but like you know it's and so a couple things that i want to throw out there especially when you're you know in business and you're leading people um if i can go back in time i would have smacked myself so hard um i had other team members saying like you know like bringing up issues with, with someone on the team and this, with how, if someone starts a sentence with, or a conversation with, Hey, I know they're your friend, but oh. some of you oh. think, I know they're your friend, but, or I know they're, it's your brother or your sister, but right. Or just whatever it might be like bells should be going off. Like alarms ring, like sirens should be just, you know, flashing everywhere. Something is very, like something is very wrong for someone to come to you and bring an issue up about someone they know you don't want to hear anything bad about, right? 
And that's where you have to get my team. I am so blessed at, at, at talking about like, like internal fortitude and, and belief and, 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 and they believe that eventually they'll get through to me with whatever they're working on. Um, but you know, so like, that's where I made some mistakes where it was just, I was promoting a toxic culture, not real. like I was taking one person's word over the rest of the team. And it's because I, I fell into the friend zone, right? You know, you kind of like, you know, in, in the dating years, like, oh, I'm in the friend zone. No, right? So even like, think of like in the leadership world, like in, in the business world, you got to be careful with the friend zone, right? It's not that you, you can't let it blind you to the bit. Like it's, you don't, don't not be there for people at work and all that. And, and have, you know, like we have a very, very, we have a very much loving family culture and talking about um, like our team, it's not that we do well and, and, and what the end result is each year. To me, it is the fact that I know each person on the team at any moment, because we've done it, I can go to, to one person and say, hey, can you pretty please take opportunities and business out of your pocket to help the other person this next couple of months? Because they, you know, here's what's going on. And like, no hesitation. So I just snap my fingers like somebody's watching this, but, I just, <laughs> but the uh, um, no hesitation to yes, I will sacrifice this next couple of months. I'll do whatever it takes for the team to get, you know, so to see them rally around each other, it has been amazing, but just how quickly that could have just been ruined. Um, and it was on its way to being ruined had I not, you know, opened my eyes to really what's going on. So if you have a leader that is, there's someone toxic involved and there's sometimes like as best you can get creative in how you approach them, but like, don't give, it's not worth giving up on getting through to that leader. Um, because if they're a true leader, eventually they're going to realize, okay, I've, I slipped up, something has to change. So um, just, uh, yeah. So I, many times I've been burned many times I've been taken advantage of many times. I'm like, never again, I will never help another human forget them, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, you, you can't stop, you know, you can't let, let the few bad apples ruin the whole bunch. So I feel like, man, there's, there's so many of these kind of very, very, you know, finite truths we're talking about and what you just mentioned, right? The, the belief and the focus on a values, shared values, right? So in creating a culture, if you are able to create culture around values and this common element of, I want everyone in this experience, whether it's a work, you know, culture, workplace, uh, maybe if it's a membership organization, right? What is that membership experience like? Maybe it's a family, right? How do we have a great family experience, right? But knowing that make you know at least from where we're coming from or you're coming from or a leader's coming from is if there's a commitment to helping everybody be the best versions of themselves then hopefully that leader is open-minded and vulnerable and transparent and honest enough to be able to hear feedback yep um especially yep. if that can be formative not just for the potential person that somebody's sharing uh, you know a concern about but also for the person sharing the concern because uh, maybe they you know maybe it also is an opportunity to to sit with them grow with them help them etc right and and i think that that's you know that's huge um and, and i can't remember like the yours. name of, of the book but that i read but it, it um it's gonna bug me i can't remember but the the term that they use was psychological safety in the workplace yeah. um and you know so you can you can find all different types of stuff on it but that was what what happened was in my attempt for this like everybody love everybody the 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 best minor league semi-pro will ferrell when he's like in front of the bus everybody's arguing in the back he's like everybody love everybody you know like that's me that's that's the culture i want right he's like everybody love everybody everybody take care of each other um but you know if you're not creating an environment where people feel safe you know, and where people feel that they can voice what's on their minds and in their hearts, um, 
you're never gonna you're never gonna get that utopia. So I mean, I, I almost blew up my own dream, right? You know, and um, but that was something to where we dug very much into the you know psychological safety and and just being okay to communicate bad news, to communicate how we're feeling. Don't worry about it. you're gonna hurt James's feelings. It's like you're not gonna hurt anybody's feelings when you're genuine, right? If someone genuinely like if you genuinely want to help each other and you're genuinely a team. Like no one's feeling to get hurt because people, you know, people understand that things happen. So um, yeah, you got me all fired up, bud. <laughs> no, well, and it's it's that commitment. It's that commitment to culture. It's that commitment yeah. to team. It's that commitment to everyone being the best versions of themselves. You know, and yeah. and conflict not being a symptom of bad people, but brokenness in relationships. Right. So. Yeah. You know, we're not two bad people or one bad party and one good person being impacted by a bad person, right? It's this is just a symptom of a breakdown in the relationship that if we see it, identify it, diagnose it, can be formative enough to help everybody get better. You know, so that's why that avoidance or you know, that resistance to feedback or helping people feel heard, right? That's another thing. I literally just was was talking to several uh professionals about. How they just did a recent study on, you know, how important literally in, in workplace culture, just having employees feel heard and feeling like there is space yeah. for them to be honest and transparent and vulnerable, how important that is for culture and retention. But but yeah, you know, taking that hand, right? Taking what the feedback or this experience that's challenging, troubling, pain, whatever it is, using it to then fuel change, growth, something better coming out of something that at this point is only bad or or not functioning well. That's key. That's huge. Man, we're, we're, we're rolling through some really, really great stuff. And I'm I know loving it. I'm loving it. it's just, you know, all of these elements of leadership that are, that are uh, beyond platitudes and cliches. Right. And I, I wanted to, you were mentioning a few things earlier and it, and then it brought me back to, and I mentioned that uh, the Chad Foster thing, um, it brought me back to one statement that I found so powerful. And I want us to pull on this thread a little bit together. It says this, uh, and he's this Chad Foster talking about going blind. The fact that he used to be able to see now he's blind. Like these are the cards that he does. He said this, um, there were two stories that I could have told myself. The first story is I went blind because I have really bad luck, right? Woe is me. Life sucks. This sucks. Why did this have to happen to me? So the other story is I went blind because I am one of the few people on the planet that could overcome it and live a productive life that helped others. And he's like, both of those stories could be true, yep. right? And, and and he said, and he went on to say, it taught me that happiness is not a feeling or an emotion, but a decision that we make every day when we wake up. Um, there's a podcast I was listening to, it was like, um, if Disney ran your life. And, but that was like one of the things the guy, a guy talked about, and I'm sure you get, I get this feedback a lot. I'm sure you get this feedback a lot too, where, um, you know, he had posted again a, a positive kind of uplift, like it was a leadership, you know, post on social media. But it, obviously, everything he's doing is more in a positive framework, right? He's not um, using it to kind of complain, but um, he's getting got a couple of messages like, you know, you're so lucky that being happy and positive comes natural to you. Like you're so lucky that this is, you know, you don't have to work hard to to be positive, you know. And it's like, man, it is so such hard work to wake up every single day, regardless of what happened. And, you know, we're all human, right? So if we're, if, you know, with, with our team, like, again, I, I, I would love, I'm always on this quest for perfection, but at the same time, I understand that to eventually be perfect is something you got to fail a bajillion, you know, not real number, but you know, there's not an exact science here, but like, just, 
say, hey, if you're not, if you didn't fail or make, not so much fail, but like, if you, if you didn't fail or make 15 mistakes minimum today, like you, we're, we're, something's wrong, right? Some, something's wrong if you're not messing up because it means you're not thinking outside the box. It means you're not, um, you know, creating new opportunities. It means you're not trying to, to better yourself and the people around you. Um, so go back to my Zelda, you know, phrase with, with JJ, if you ain't dying, you ain't trying, right? So if you're not making mistakes, you know, it, it feels like death sometimes, right? Like, oh, what is so-and-so going to say? Or what would they think of me, right? But yeah, to get up and, and be happy and positive to choose it, like it's, it's um you know, not everybody, you know, the brain is, there's so much, it's the most powerful tool we got. You can't see it. Nobody truly understands it, right? And, you know, so we everybody just kind of guesses at what, you know, like, well, you're feeling this way, so you have this, right? Like, But it's like, a lot of it is, if I have an issue with my heart, they're going to look at it. If I have an issue with my brain, very few times do they actually look at it, right? It's more of just like, eh, it sounds like you got this, right? Um, but, you know, so not everybody has the, the true ability um, to choose that, but majority of us do. And it, if you you can you can look at something, like you said, it's just this, especially I'm a Cleveland sports fan, okay? Talk about bad luck. Like, oh, just bad luck, of course, right? You know, like, you know, like, so like, again, bad things would happen in my life. I'm a Cleveland sports fan. I, I identify as a Clevelander. So therefore, my life is doomed, right? No one told me to believe that, right? I didn't come out of the womb like, oh, I have bad luck, right? Nobody told me to hate the University of Michigan. I said, oh, I'm Ohio State fan. So I guess I have to hate Michigan. Like, so like, there's so much things that we believe that are like, you don't have to, right? You don't have to be, when, just because most people get upset when something goes wrong doesn't mean you have to, right? Like it doesn't, there's no rule that you have to be sad or upset. Like you definitely want to feel your feelings. You know, it sounds cheesy. Like, and it's definitely parent mode, like perfectly normal feel this way. Every human on earth feels this way. It's just not okay. Like you can't use your feelings as an excuse to take it out on someone else or do, you can't just do something bad because um, you feel bad, if that makes sense. So, but, oh yeah, man. Yeah. My bad luck has turned out to be very good things a lot of times though. So I will say that. Well, one of my favorite stories in business, corporate America, is uh, WD-40. So, and, and I share this a lot, and I don't, it, it's interesting because I think not many of us know the story of WD-40, but most of us know what WD-40 is, right? You know, the, I literally the was talking, yeah, I was talking to my neighbor about it. It's like WD-40 and duct tape. That's all you need, right? It's, it's right, those, exactly. those two things and you're pretty Absolutely. much set. Um, we, but we, I do not know the, the story, most, man. I don't know the well, story, so, so, so I'm excited. So, WD-40, and this, you can go to their website, you can Google this. Um, WD-40 is named WD-40 because it's the 40th trial of the formula that worked. And they kept oh, that awesome. as the name of the product. So think about this. When we talk about perseverance, like you were saying, failure. Failure mm -hmm. is not an indictment against you, or it's not even necessarily an indication. You may not be on the right path. It's just that you haven't quite gotten the results that you might need to to break through. And we don't know about the 39 other trials that didn't work. And imagine if they had quit after 30, right? Yeah. You know, Most WD40. people do. And that, right. But they, you know, it was, all right. Every trial was not, you know, when they kept getting the result they weren't looking for, it wasn't that they weren't on the right path. And I just, I, I love that because I think that that's, you know, again, one of those other formative things where you kind of have to look at these things in life that aren't cliche, but that are very, very important to recognize to say that, you know, sometimes... The hard truth is sometimes staying stuck, being a victim, feeling sorry for yourself, that's the easy way out. And and the biggest thing that, you know, the biggest influence on how your life unfolds is you, right? 
and the yeah. story that you want to tell or yeah. the story that you are telling. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, and again, it's not the cards that you were dealt. It's not the, um, I want you to read this quote. I want this, this is the most, the, like one of the final closing things from Chad Foster, a guy who, by the way, as a blind person now skis black diamonds. Okay. <laughs> I can see, and I can't see the, I can't ski the bunny slopes. He can't see and he skis black diamonds now. So just, awesome. you know, like all, all excuses and then some are out the window. He said this, I believe that I am successful because of my blindness, not in spite of it. Yep. Right. I mean, again, it, you know, that's that choice. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and, and again, like, so he had, he has literal blindness, right. You know, and he's talking about blind and bit like, we all have our blinders and like, we can't see ourselves. Right. We can't truly. Right. Like, and and yeah. going back to your comment about like, when you're around great people, magically that brings out the greatness in you and that brings out the good in you and all that. So that's where, um, if you surround yourself with a bunch of Chad Fosters, right. And a bunch of Brian Hayes, like you're never going to look at life the same way again. Like in, in, in even like for him, like he can't look at life, right. He can, but now he's like, I mean, that's, that's like superhero status, right? Like, was it uh, daredevil? Right. I mean, it's just like now, mm -hmm. now he can't see it's the best thing. Like now he's like, like he's saving the world. Right. You know? So like, um, so that's, um, that's so powerful, man. Thank you for sharing that. Because we have covered so much ground and we've taken so much time, which is really, really good. And I know the audience is going to love us. I want to, I want to circle back and let us kind of close with your book. It all starts with the plan. Um, mm -hmm. And let you just kind of hit some highlight points from it. Cause again, hopefully yeah. everyone will get a chance to go and, and grab it and pull it off the shelves. Cause it's incredible. But you know, if you have two or three real good nuggets that you want people to know from that, let's talk about those. Um, that are that are powerful key pieces to all of this this leadership this life change this success it all starts with the plan what, yeah. what are what are some of the best nuggets in there there's a lot of them <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot um so it's a very small book so first off it i i am more of a podcast audiobook guy because it's it's going to take me about 10 times as long to read something than the normal person so um i can read the book in about an hour so that probably means you could probably read the book in 10 minutes but like um you know i i tried to structure it in a way that so first off, in the book, it's just more of a template, right? It's, it's not meant to be like, hey, this this theoretical, like, well, maybe this will work. I mean, it's like this works, right? This is this is the stuff that works. Um, and but more importantly, at the end of each chapter, I'd like you know your top three takeaways. So it's like, um, you know, people will get the book and they'll reach out to me, and and you know, and that's like the one thing I ask is like, well, what are you gonna do, right? Like, what are your top takeaways? Um, because it's it's not like don't do what I did, right? So like the book is it all starts with a plan, you know, burn proof success through the fires of failure. I don't want you to go to like, I mean, you're gonna fail in your own way, but don't <laughs> don't do what I did because that was a decade of doing a lot of the you know the wrong things. Um, so you know, it's more of an action um, item more than like a a a book. I don't know, like if that makes sense. Like it's more it's just it's more of an action tool. Um, so definitely use it however it speaks to you, and and, re and remember that. Um, no, there is no wrong answer as long as it's yours, right? As long as you're going to put it into action. Um, and where it really got deep for me was um, you know, I was told that I needed a, you know, you need a 50-year life plan. And then you attach your like 30-year career or business plan to it. Um, you know, I think it's 20, it's 27 or 28 at the time when someone told me that. And again, they're much, much more successful and, and wiser than I. So first I'm like, this person, like guy's a psychopath this this guy's insane like i am not doing this um but went home and i just it kept going through my mind i'm like he's right and that's the hard i think that's the biggest part i hope that this conversation for people that have listened to it 
in my book is like, I want it to give you permission to listen to yourself. You know that you're onto something, you know, you have good ideas. Um, it's just, you gotta, you, you need that spark. You know I mean? You need that spark to really put them into action. Um, but for me, that, that 50 year life plan, I mean, I ended up staying up all night writing is my Samsung note, uh, my, my giant oversized phone. So like writing it on my phone, but you know, so he talked about like, you want a 50 year life plan and you break out the next five years, you just keep it to three or less. I talk about them, but like, don't have more than three goals at a time if all possible, because you're not going to remember it. Right. And I, and I think that the first goal needs to be personal. Like, like you, if you don't have your personal self goals as your, as your like North, North star, as your, your, your guiding light as your compass, so to speak, like you're never going to accomplish anything great outside, you know, uh, of yourself. If you're not, if you don't, if you're not detached to something deeper. So, um, you know, in those goals and I was dating Erica is my wife now is just like, you know, so a year from now I was like marriage and then three years, from then it was like baby number one. I didn't know it was gonna be JJ, right? And then two years after that, baby number two. Didn't know it was gonna be Julia, but like, so again, it's like it didn't all happen exactly how I wrote it down. But it's like every day moving forward mattered. You know, it wasn't like you know. So when you have this life plan, you know, first off, ask yourself like, fifty years from now, how old am I gonna be? You know, so I'll be forty. You know, in, in the next few no. months here. So I'm. I mean, I'll be 90 years old in 50 years. Um, so at the time, you know, if I'm 28 years old, I'm thinking about 78. I'm like, man, none of my grandparents have lived to 78 yet. You know, so just like, I might not be here, you know, because there's all these books I was going to read. There was all these, you know, there's all these things I was going to do. But we, for whatever reason, we all feel like everybody else doesn't have forever, but we do. Um, so that life plan really is going to be the, the, the backbone, the core, the nucleus, whatever you want to call it of the book um for really bringing it to life and you know my one friend she's like james i'm 55 like I, like i'm not doing this 50 year life plan you know so yeah okay so i could have definitely thought that through better and like put in parentheses like hey adjust this to your age right you know so but like okay well <laughs> but my also my question to you is like well what if you do live another 50 years right then like and you haven't planned for it like that that's not good right so just kind of whether you make it another 50 years or not like to to feel alive right some of us live life but never feel alive. And, and, it, and it, it just, that's what I want for people. And that 50 year life plan, like that's, that's your algorithm for how and why you make decisions. So if an opportunity comes your way, again, not part of the plan, wasn't part of this, I, you know, this, this picture perfect plan you had made for yourself. It wasn't one of your, your top goals, but like, hey, you know, just like this, you know, being on your show, like, you know, I knew it was going to be great. I knew it was going to be a good time. And, but, when I made my life plan, any opportunity to share my story to help people not have to go through the failures that I did, or at least learn from them, and to get if, if just one life has breathed easier because I lived, then I won. That's the whole. That's the game, right? So if one listener is better off because we had this chat. Awesome, but like that, you know, don't get intimidated or overwhelmed by the life plan thing. But just the next five years you know, one year at a time and then do it in five year increments after that, you know, five to 10 years, what's my 10 to 15 as best you can. Right. And it's just kind of, it's going to get very vague, very fast as you get, you know, farther on, but like, you know, make it, you know, a big fan of bucket list, right. You know, make it a bucket list type thing, you know, because if you really put, if you begin with the end in mind, then magically, you know, everything matters more now. Um, and trying to, again, I'm trying to condense this, this deep, <laughs> this deep, uh, I'm trying to reach your soul or your heart and soul and, and make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into what's going to, you know, drive people to be, to be happy and, and to, to 
to love every little move that they make, even when it's the wrong one. Um, but I think that, you know, it, especially in America, especially in the USA, right? Like it's, you work hard, you make money, you have, you have the fastest car, the biggest house, this, you know, that you have, you don't have, I mean, the good thing with shoes, I'm obsessed with shoes. I, I have a shoe problem, you know, like I have more shoes than my wife, but like, there's so much that we get upset about just because we're just, we are the spoiled lap dog of the universe right now. You know, just be, we have it, the, like none of us have it. Like everybody's situation is different, but a lot of the things that we complain about in America, right? Why is social media so toxic? Is because we got nothing else to do except complain, right? Um, you know, and just the, uh, so think of like a lot of it is because none of us were taught, what do I want first? And cut out, eliminate the word should. You know, it's not about what, you know, family, friend, random person. It's not what they're saying I should do. What do I believe wholeheartedly I was born to be, born to do and go down that path and then then attach your career goals, right? Then attach your family goals. Then attach, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's because if, if your family life is taking you down the wrong path for, for who you are, you're doomed, right? And if you're your career path, and I was there. That was my first five, six years of my, my business, my career. I did it. I was, I was chasing what I thought I was supposed to chase, right? I was chasing, like, getting out of grandma's basement. You know, I had a car that didn't break down in people's driveways anymore. Awesome. I had my own place. Awesome, right? I had... You know, I got promoted. Awesome. But I was the most miserable I was ever in my life. I stopped wearing my seatbelt for a while. I was just like, I'm like, if this is success, if this is everything I'm you know, supposed to work for, like, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. like, just get me out of here. And, and I feel like a lot of people feel that, feel trapped by their own. That's where I was trapped by my own success because I was chasing the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I mean, it just kind of, um, even if you're chasing the right things, it's for the wrong reasons and it's not attached to what fulfills you and it and brings you meaning, brings you purpose. Because like we all seek, everybody wants to be heard, but it's like we have, humans have this endless drive for to feel like they have meaning and purpose. There is purpose to my life. There is meaning to the decisions I make. And um, that's why the life plan is so important is to, is to really attach yourself to something deeper and greater and bigger than anybody could ever take away from you. And, you know, anybody tells you you can't do it, you call me, you call Brian, we will, you know, we will professionally tell them to go play in traffic, go, you know, go, go, uh, go somewhere else. <laughs> and to, you know, if, if you, if you believe it, you want it. I think that's kind of a, a good summary of, of what we talked about is like, if you can think it, you can believe it, you can therefore do it. And um, one of I have a, in my office, uh, one of the guys on my team, you know, got, you know, knowing I'm a Batman or guys, it's a Batman, uh, picture, but it says everything is impossible until somebody does it. So just if it's impossible, now you got my interest. Let's go do it. Well, I'm shutting up. I get so fired that's up, a, uh, Brian. I appreciate it, man. I think I appreciate everybody, you know, listening to me rant on here. That's a good closer right there, man. Every it, it, everything's impossible until somebody does it. That's uh, I, I, I'll I'll call that a, a good win. How can people find you out there uh, in the digital marketplace? You can find me anywhere on social media complaining about everything. Um, so just uh, <laughs> just kidding, but yeah, just uh, my social media stuff like it's all public. It's, I don't have any, like private settings. I don't think so. Just yeah, you can find me James Schleicher um, and uh, S C H L E I C H E R. Um, but uh, or you can just search. Uh, it all starts with a plan on Amazon uh, to find the book, and that you can kind of pretty much. There's a there's always a way to find me. <laughs> you can find me if you want. So I do, and I know how to do that. So thank you again, my friend, for being on. Thanks for having a great conversation. Uh, and uh really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been awesome.
information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Heaney is a registered representative and an investment advisory representative of Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC. Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC is not affiliated with the Heaney Company. Securities offered through Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC, Membra FINRA SIPC, Advisory services offered through Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor.